for the clash of punk rock, politics, and your uncensored, unafraid host, Remso W. Martinez. You are about to experience the Remso Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Remso Republic. Things have been kind of testy the last couple weeks. Trump, Clinton, or the remarkable Bernie, as some call him. But let's not forget the chosen ones, the Mavericks, the ones that everyone are attacking. Gary Johnson and Governor Bill Weld. We've got some interesting things to say about that. But today, it's not going to be me. Today, we've got the awesome, 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 illustrious Katie Moyer. Katie, you want to say hi? Thank you for having me on, Remzo. Not a problem, not a problem. For those of you that don't know, Katie's a syndicated writer and columnist. She's with Outset Magazine, The Libertarian Republic, The Liberty Conservative, and a whole slew of other places. So I'm absolutely ecstatic to have her on today. Thank you so much. Not a problem, not a problem. So a few weeks ago when the convention was over, would you say that people were kind of freaking out about the idea that the two candidates who were the Libertarian nominee might not be what they say they are and all that jazz? Freaking out is an understatement, I would say. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on Gary and Bill? Well, I, I think that they are the most legitimate um, ticket that could have come out of that convention. I did watch a lot of the convention on C-SPAN. I was really excited that they were having it on television. And um, they were definitely the most legitimate candidates to come out. So if the Libertarian Party does want to have a fighting chance uh, to really come across as a viable option for people, I think that Gary Johnson was the correct choice. And I know that he wanted Bill... Is his name Bill Weld, William it, Weld? Yeah, it's William Weld. Yeah, and th- that that was the ticket he wanted. So I think that is the most um, the most pleasing ticket to the general American public. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I too watched the convention on C-SPAN since I wasn't able to go out to Florida. Um, I don't know if you saw, but they already had the whole Johnson Weld paraphernalia and apparel out in style. I mean, could you see the buttons that say Johnson Weld? Oh yeah, yeah. Think, yeah, how, em- think how embarrassing it would have been if Weld was not the VP pick. Because think how much money Johnson had to spend on all that stuff just to put his name on there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he that only, would be a big waste. Yeah, he only had like I want to say three hundred grand in cash oh, yeah. on hand. I mean, for a libertarian, that's a lot. But I just <laughs> want to know how much he spent just on making sure all of the Johnson delegates had some swag to go with. Yeah, well, I'm sure that he is pretty glad. Didn't he say he was going to drop out if he didn't have that VP pick? Yeah, basically he said, um, oh, would I go run a race if I had a broken leg? Which, honestly, that's that's a bit of a cop-out because that that really shows his commitment level there. Right, yeah. I understand his point. He doesn't want to have to be butting heads with his partner. He doesn't want to be having to argue with them because... You know, we, we've seen in the past, I forgot um, who it was when Reagan was first running in 76. He had this guy who um, 
I think I don't think he was a Democrat, but he was a real liberal, and um, Reagan ended up switching to somebody else before he even showed up to the convention and all this other stuff. I mean, it was, we've seen this happen in the past, so I get what he's saying, but in a way, it treated the delegates as if they were in some kind of hostage crisis situation. But now we actually know the truth, and the truth is that he just spent a lot of money on those pins, and he was not willing to give up that money that he spent. So exactly. It like, it's well bust, guys. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but speaking of Weld, you wrote a story at the Liberty Conservative talking about how this Johnson Weld ticket, while you do say that it is probably going to reach the most people in terms of I'm not going to say pushing the libertarian message, but more like pushing the libertarian party brand, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt a lot of those Tea Party conservatives, those constitutional conservatives that guys such as Austin Peterson were bring on. Do you want to talk about mm -hmm. that a little bit? Definitely, yeah. I, um, I kind of feel like there are three liberals running in the Republican, the Democrat, and the Libertarian Party, which is disappointing to me as somebody who is like a conservatarian. Um, I just really feel like uh, what I was trying to get across in my article was that I think the Libertarian Convention was less than um, stand-up, in my opinion. You're telling um, me the was, naked guy was not stand-up enough for you? Or the the candidate for presidency who had veins popping out of his face as he was pounding his fist on the podium. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Whenever I watch uh, these kind of libertarian things, I always try to talk to my family, who's also conservative for the most part, um, that, like, I try to talk to them about libertarian stuff, and I was watching the convention, and all I was thinking was, like, this could never convince my mom and dad that the libertarian party is legitimate. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. We, we got my parents, my brother and I were both both pretty active with the Libertarian Party of Virginia. A few years ago when Robert Sarvis was running for uh, governor against Terry McAuliffe and Ken Cuccinelli, we had to really kind of coax them into the idea of third parties, especially when it came to the Libertarian Party because it had this real fringe persona, which sadly, I think last, you know, when the convention was going, I think it showed a good portion of that. But I feel like all the work we did to convince not only our family but our friends um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are conservatarian, like ourselves. You know, they're mm -hmm. conservative around their libertarian friends and they're libertarian around their conservative friends. I felt like I was carrying a lot of water for the LP. And because of a small but incredibly, you know, loud minority of people, they really killed what shot we had. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. When I was watching the convention, I it, it really helped me to make up my mind. Before I was watching the convention, I was kind of thinking that maybe I was going to possibly change over to the Libertarian Party. It was something that I had been thinking about a lot. But when watching the convention, it did not make me want to associate with that party. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't vote for the candidate or a candidate. It's just hard when, um, in general, it was just a lot of chaos and it didn't really um i didn't really get the impression that there was a lot of control not control that's not the right it's word it's kind of like herding cats isn't it yeah and it was just um i mean i get it like liberty and freedom and stuff but the convention was chaotic and it was a little bit embarrassing in my opinion like the guy stripping and just i don't know it was um it was interesting i guess <laughs> yeah i mean it's, he was certainly no magic mike yeah, he was, um... It's kind of like if Kool-Aid Man 
was magically <laughs> transformed into into a person, and he was up there. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think the only place that you would see somebody stripping while um, stepping down from running for office would be the Libertarian Party. So at least they are consistently unique, you know. Yeah, you know, we know how to really party. No Definitely. But I mean, <laughs> let, let me ask, what's more embarrassing? Okay, this this you're gonna have three options. What's more embarrassing? Seeing someone at your national convention strip on stage, having C-SPAN in the world air it for two straight minutes, or <laughs> Anthony Weiner at a press conference talking about the naked selfies, or that guy, that Republican back in 2012 that talked about legitimate rape. You got to pick oh. one. Which is which is the worst? Um, wait, the legitimate rape guy, was that the guy who was like, women can prevent themselves from getting yes. pregnant or something? Yes. Oh, okay, which one is the worst? I think the rape one is the worst because, like, I'm sorry, so, but that so is see, just ignorant. When you, can, when you compare anything to that, instantly the Libertarian Party looks better. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so so at this point, I think you may have mentioned it before. So you're not entirely sold on Johnson Weld. I'm not. I think that my vote is going to ultimately be strategic. Strategic. I'm in Pennsylvania, so, so um, I think it's going to be a really close race. We're a swing state, it's, you know, between Trump and Clinton, and so um, I'm going to just be watching the polling and see what I feel like I need to do Does to not that- get. Does that Trump. mean you might vote for Trump or Hillary? I don't know. Um, I don't think I would ever vote for Hillary. Like, um, I'm saying that like I'm not certain of that. I will never vote for are Hillary putting, Are you putting air quotes above vote? Vote no. for Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a libertarian who believes in voting. <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, I guess there are... I mean, I guess there are some things that could get me to vote for Donald Trump, but it would really be ah, uh, a tough decision. Oh, my ears. I know. Ah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, um, but no, in, in terms of, like, really unpopular Libertarian Party tickets, I think we were all hoping that, you know, because you were a big Fiorina supporter, then mm-hmm. you went on to uh, Rubio or Cruz. I went all over the place. I was Brandon <laughs> Carly Fiorina for a while, and then when they both dropped out, I was like, all right, I could do with Rubio, I guess, and then but Rubio dropped it, out. But it was awesome when Cruz picked Carly as his VP pick. Yeah, because that solidified it for me. I was like, if Carly thinks that Cruz can do it, and I'm also a huge Glenn Beck fan. Same. I really love listening to him. So I knew he had supported Ted Cruz for a while, but that didn't solidify it for me as much as when Carly came out and put her weight behind it. Then uh, I was like, all right, that's who I'm voting for. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, because we had only a handful of really Liberty candidates on there. I mean, it started off mm-hmm. with um, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul. That was pretty much it. Because yeah. then you had your Santorums, your Huckabees, you had basically everyone in the Republican Party running. Yeah, basically. And, uh, I'm glad to see that this Game of Thrones tournament has shown that, you know, the dragon is the nominee now. But I think we I think a lot of people, a lot of conservatives too, I don't I don't necessarily know if they wanted to vote necessarily libertarian, but they were hoping for a third option that would really be the antithesis of Trump. Yeah. And while I'm saying that, you know, Gary is the antithesis of Trump, I even I will admit that there's some um, 
pitfalls about him. What's your biggest hang-up about Gary Johnson at this point? Well, I don't like that he isn't pro-life. So yeah, for, that, I know that's that like a non-libertarian issue per se. That but is like... actually a bigger thing than you would imagine. I mean, I'm pro-life, and I go against a lot of people. I know that Austin Peterson was pro-life, and he said the issue of abortion should be held at the state level. I thought, because I think it's ultimately murder, it's a federal thing. But then again, the semantics of how would you actually go about that were hard. And for Gary, totally. not, and for Gary to be pro-life that did bother me but something that i think a lot of people forget is that the issue of abortion is not a presidential issue i agree with that i definitely agree with that yeah so what what else about him well i was feeling questionable about weld's second amendment stances um i had seen online that he uh he had like he's like against assault or like he did an assault weapons ban, and I've I only honestly only knew about him for a couple weeks now, so I haven't done too much uh, research on him. But the other part that I'm not really keen about is I feel like Gary Johnson is a little bit rough on religious freedom issues. Like in that one debate, him and Austin Peterson were going back and forth about baking a cake. Do you know what I'm I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've got a quick question. It has nothing to do with anything, but what do you think a gay Nazi cake would taste like? What flavor do you think that would be? Hmm. Because that conversation's pretty much kind of died down the last couple I think weeks. It's but I mean, would it be like sugar? Chocolate and strawberry. Chocolate and strawberry. So chocolate represents the dark side of Nazism, and the strawberries for gay pride. You were reading into that way too much. I just felt like that was going to be a good I mean, you know, it, we've had good, this, good this, the, the whole Nazi cake thing has been for a, has been around for a few months now, and no one ever talked about what flavor it would be. No one even talked about what the design would be. Why are people not asking the real questions that need to be asked? I mean, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, Johnson, because people are still kind of bugging him about that. I I, I learned what he stated when he wrote that elaborate Facebook post because he didn't actually want to go on TV and talk about it. His concept is instead of allowing the marketplace to work, instead of respecting people's property rights, he put it as this. How would it be if a Muslim denied a, a Jew a Jewish cake or something? How would it be if Nazis owned a convenience store and they refused that? Instead of allowing people to you know have the ability to discriminate he turned it into a forceful tolerance which at the end of the day is force and you can't really force tolerance either right in terms of this i mean i think he's a big hypocrite because you know what if i want to go shirtless to applebee's one day and show off my (laughs) six-pack and what if i don't want to wear shoes either at every restaurant in america i'm pretty sure they have like a small placard somewhere that says no shoes no shirt no service right yep And, um, you know, I'm willing to look past that. I know that he's probably, you know, I can't even say probably, he's not going to be president of the United States. Yeah. So I have to. I don't think so either. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to. I just really. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. I just really want a candidate who is passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. And I feel like he is passionate about the, like, left-leaning libertarian issues that I'm just not, like, super, like, stoked about. I feel like the only thing I ever hear people talk about with Gary Johnson is weed. Do you know what I mean? You know, that is a perfect point. 
And that is the perfect transition because we were about to go on a commercial break. Hold right up. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Remso Republic. Everyone has an opinion, but not everybody can stand on what they say. Sometimes what we need is a record. We need people who have a history. People who've been in the trenches and people that know what they're saying. If there's one side I can rely on, it's the Liberty Conservative. The Liberty Conservative hosts writers from all over the Liberty Movement. From activists to candidates, to radio hosts to pundits. Whether you call yourself a constitutional conservative, a classical liberal, a libertarian, or whatever, what matters is this. If you want liberty, uncensored freedom, 24-7, 365 days a year, you're not going to get it from any better source than the Liberty Conservative. Folks, welcome back to the Remso Republic. You're listening to me, Remso W. Martinez, and our awesome, totally awesome special guest, Katie Moyer. Katie, welcome back to the show. Thanks again for having me. (laughs) Not a problem. So when we left off before the commercial break, um, you brought up how Gary Johnson, he kind of rubs you and I the wrong way because he represents more of the left wing of libertarianism. I think people call it libertines. Is that the right (laughs) term? Sure. I don't want to call him the social justice libertarian, but you know he, he certainly represents a brand of libertarianism that exists and it's out there, but it's not something that really fits in with us. Is that kind of right? Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, what, what were some of the points you brought up? Well, I feel like he is – all I ever hear anybody talking about with Gary Johnson are social issues. Um, and for me, social issues – are really important, um, but the the things that it sounds like he is passionate about or his supporters are passionate about are not the things that I really am seeking in a candidate or I'm looking for in like the leader of our country. Yeah, I mean the the important thing about third parties as a whole is that they bring attention to issues that aren't necessarily talked about in the mainstream. And sometimes that's a really good thing. We both agree that the war on drugs is a failure and that the Democrats and the Republicans never talk about it, right? Definitely. But then again, you've got some third parties like the Prohibitionist Party, which is trying (laughs) to get rid of our booze. And that's just not cool. That's just foolish. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be a fool. Anyway, um, yeah, Gary... It, it always bugged me during the debates, during the primary process, where he would talk about the I side with quiz, and he would talk about whenever he took it, you know, his second comparison to himself was Bernie Sanders. Ugh, yeah, that's that, not something I'd brag about. <laughs> no, yeah, um, he's trying to really, you know, he, well, Austin was appealing to the Cruz crew and the fallout of the yeah. Cruz campaign. I think Bernie was like, oh, well, I can do that too. I'm going to bring in the Never Hillary people. But in terms of, like, conservatives, because I feel like conservatives are more willing to give libertarianism a chance than these progressive socialists out there, I think I that was really poor strategy. I definitely agree with that. I think that there's definitely, like, a void within the candidates that are out there for people who identify ideologically like we do, like a conservative, libertarian type of view. Like I said earlier, it feels to me like there are just, like, three liberals running. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely reminds me of um, Ed Clark. He was one of the really early Libertarian Party candidates. He went on um, some TV show, and when he was asked what libertarianism is, 
he was kind of a poor messenger. He said, oh, the Libertarian Party is essentially low-tax liberalism. Which, at the time, it does kind of make sense, but when you're on a national stage and you have the opportunity to talk about something important, and you're reaching an electorate, I mean, I think he was going up against Richard Nixon at the time. When you're going uh-huh. up against a really disenfranchised electorate, y- you can't pull that card. And with Bernie, I, th- I mean, with, uh, with Gary... There are things about him that I think conservatives would love, and I think he would get more conservatives if he talked about it, but he's not doing that. Right. I don't hear him hardly ever out there. Well, not him as much as, like, I'm not even seeing, like, it covered his, like, economic policies or um, hearing him really talk about the Constitution, and that's disappointing to me. Exactly. I mean, I think we can both agree that, you know, I I was never – a Rand Paul stumper. I was never a Rand Paul bot. But oh, even, wow. Even, That's yeah. a surprise in the liberty movement. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've received quite a few angry emails and phone calls about my criticism of the Pauls. <laughs> you can't go against the Paul clan and not get some scars, let me tell you that. But Well, a secret about me is that I've never been a Ron Paul fan. <laughs> so. Oh, blasphemy! Blasphemy! <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can both agree that if you were to compare the the presidential candidate Rand Paul versus the presidential candidate Gary Johnson, I think Jack Hunter said this. Rand Paul is a little bit more liberty loving than Gary Johnson. Absolutely, and I love how just what you were saying about um, the candidate for the Libertarian Party against Nixon. We have our ideas of liberty are like life changing, you know, and we need to be expressing our ideas more effectively. We can't, and I don't feel like Gary Johnson is a great communicator of our, our ideas. That's something that I really liked about Rand Paul and I really like about Justin Amash. And I like that about Austin Peterson was that they made it like they made it easy to understand and they made it attractive and something that the average American could comprehend. And I don't really feel like that Gary Johnson is going to, has done a great job of doing that in yeah, the past. Yeah, like, this is, if, if you're with the Gary Johnson campaign and you're listening to this, you can count this as free advice. You don't have to credit me. <laughs> but if you're going to do outreach to Tea Party organizations, if you're going to go to, like, your local Republican Liberty Caucus and maybe caucus for Gary when no one's looking, why not talk about him wanting to end the income tax? Why not talk about yeah. him wanting to end the corporate tax? Gary Johnson, compared to Trump and Hillary, has the most pro-growth economic plan in this entire race. And I know John McAfee used to hit on uh, Johnson about this, but you know Johnson's right when he says, we are the I choose generation. We are the uber this, uber that mm-hmm. in terms of like healthcare freedom. It's like, why don't we deregulate the healthcare section and why not have gallbladders are us and kidneys are us? <laughs> in terms of that, he has a really strong message. And when Johnson was on Glenn Beck before the convention, I think he was able to sell Glenn Beck on economics. Am I a big consumption tax fan? No, I'm more of a flat tax fan since the income tax is part of the Constitution. I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid when it comes to amending things. But, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the current tax rate, God, would I take Johnson's consumption tax over what we have now in a heartbeat? I would take Gary Johnson's economic almost anything over Hillary Clinton's or Donald Trump's because I don't trust either of them. I think that they are both 
big government progressives when it comes to economic things, and I would take Gary Johnson any day over those. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm, I just wish that I don't know if it's marketing, I don't know whether it's a lack of prioritizing, but there were enough people at that Libertarian Party convention a while back who stated, I'm a conservative, but I want to be part of this. Because, you know, if we're, it's like Jason Stapleton used the bus method. This bus goes only east. And if you don't want to go 300 miles, you want to go 150 miles east, I will take you 150 miles east. And then we can argue about it from there. But it's, um, you know, I think conservatarians are lost, like you said. And it's a shame because I'm so passionate about these ideas. And I just wish that we did a better job of communicating to them to people. But what I've been telling myself to keep myself optimistic is that our ideas will take a long time to take root and that we just need to do a better job communicating them. It doesn't end with this election in November. We're fighting for our children and our children's children so that they can have all the same liberties and freedoms that we have. So it's a, it doesn't end with this election. No, you're absolutely right. But, you know, in the vacuum of politics and 24-7 sensationalizing media, it gets, uh, it gets a little depressing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is why I'm stating for the record, I will never vote for a prohibitionist party candidate. Yes, good. I support that. Yeah, I second I think we, that. Exactly. So if you're with the prohibition, sorry, party, but I'm mean, sorry. Um, no, I'm not sorry. I will never vote for you. You will not take away our booze. Yeah, I'm I'm out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, speaking of parties that will not ever launch forward, Bill Crystal and the Renegade Party. You were one of the first people to cover that when that popped up on the scene. Any updates? Well, I know that they are tossing around David French as an option, but I who's, don't um, even really know who he is. Yeah, who's, do you know anything about him? I know that he writes for the National Review, and that's all that I know, honestly. That would, yeah. I mean, just the fact that I don't know him, and I like, and you don't know much about him. The fact that I think we know pretty much everyone in this game. <laughs> the fact that we don't know him is kind of bothersome. I mean, if you said like Charles C. W. Cook in a room of <laughs> conservatives and libertarians you get some people turning around the conservatives would, i mean sorry the conservatarians would be like hey but yeah you're, you're not gonna get that from us but um yeah i felt like saying. they were throwing around like mitt romney and they, which i if they had mitt romney run again i would just i would pull my hair out because third time is not a charm mitt romney it didn't work before and if you would have had the same sass and punch that you have when you're tweeting at donald trump in 2012 then maybe we wouldn't still have a president obama for four years so that's annoying to me but i heard mitt romney and condoleezza rice's name thrown around so it'll be interesting once they solidify all that stuff who knows it's a really exciting election though you know yeah i mean if if they wanted to bring back the Romnitron 3000, they'd have to give him like a monster energy drink. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe put him in an actual boxing match where he doesn't like, you know, <laughs> fix the whole game. You remember that charity event he did? That was so silly. <laughs> that was, I, I think I remember uh, Bill Maher commenting on that when um, 
when Romney fought that one boxer, I forgot who the boxer was. It was something like at Mitt Romney, oh, look, rich white people fixing a game where they beat a black guy. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That, oh was back, that was back in like, I want to say 2013, 2014. If they were to try and bring Mitt Romney back, gosh, I mean, they, they would have to totally pull a pimp my ride version of candidates. <laughs> I mean, that happen. would... Yeah, I mean, that would just... Oh, another thing. I, the, the Renegade Party right now, they only exist on, like, Twitter. They don't even have a Facebook page. They bought a website domain, but there's nothing on there. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the people who are associating themselves with this Renegade Party that doesn't have a platform, they have nothing. They, they have nothing, but people are jumping on board with this. The type of people I'm seeing associated with it, I thought they'd be pushing for some type of hardline constitutionalism, some type of hardline conservatism. But gosh, mm. they're talking about Mitt Romney, like we just talked about. They're talking about John Kasich. Yeah. And the fact that Bill Crystal from the neoconservative, you know, Weekly Standard is jumping on this. I mean, this is basically the establishment in Tea Party clothing, and I wouldn't even go that far. You know, I never thought of that until you just said that. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, it's like getting a car from a really shifty car salesman, finding out the car is haunted and it wants to drive you off a cliff, and then <laughs> getting another car from the exact same shifty salesman, but this time yeah. they're telling you it'll be better. Gosh, I was, I'm really hopeful about the Renegade Party, though. You know, I just uh, just want somebody to vote for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not into the whole ride-in game. Yeah, but that's what I'll do if it, you know, if I have to, I suppose. I'm definitely going to vote no matter what because my state and uh, local races are so important. So I don't want to not vote. I'd rather write somebody in if I don't have a an actual candidate for president. So what are some of the political hotbed issues down in Pen- – I'm sorry, up in Pennsylvania? Well, one of the biggest issues here is that Pennsylvania still has uh, state ownership of the liquor industry here in Pennsylvania, so it's um, stupid and insane. (laughs) So all of our liquor stores are owned by the state, and um, our state is really broke. We've got a really bad pension problem, and nothing ever gets done. We had... Last year, you our mean the budget, government doesn't get stuff done? I know. It's incredible. And it's so ironic because the governor in Pennsylvania is the most liberal governor in the whole United States. Um, so it's just so weird that he just can't get anything done in this state. Cause he's, he wants to shut down coal. He wants uh, green energy. It's... Uh, it's a little messy in Pennsylvania right now, but one of, I guess one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people will find interesting is that our liquor is still owned by the state here, which causes our prices to be much more expensive. And, uh, oh gosh, it's so ironic. The Democrat National Convention, which is being held in Philadelphia, is asking for the state to suspend their liquor laws for them so that they can... Uh, do as they please with liquor at the Democratic oh, remember, National Convention. Remember, it's, it's statism for thee, but not for me. Of course. <laughs> the Democrats are the worst in Pennsylvania, too. Over the past, like, half a year, there have probably been, like, 
six different um, people on all different levels of government getting like busted for corruption, like the attorney general's office, one of the right hand people to a former governor. Like, oh, it's it's a pretty hot mess here in Pennsylvania, but it makes for interesting news articles and a lot of places that can be positively impacted. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Katie, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take one more commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start the very, very awesome, like always. I've been saying awesome a lot. I must be in an awesome mood or something. My bad. We're going <laughs> to finish off the show with the lightning round, and then we'll give a preview for next week. So hold on tight. You're listening to the Remster Republic with our guest star, Katie Moyer. Hang on, and we'll be back soon. Are you looking for a new way to advertise your business? Are you looking for new outlets to reach audiences that are unconventional? TV and radio only go so far, but podcasting and other internet sources are expanding by thousands of listeners every day. And what I can tell you right now is the Remso Republic is one of the fastest growing podcasts online. If you're interested in advertising your business, contact us at RemsoRepublic at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Remso Republic. We have our guest, Katie Moyer. Katie, say hi. Hey, everyone. Okay, so if you've been listening to the entire thing, or if you're that small, loud minority of people that just skip all the way through the episode to the lightning round, this is lightning round! Where we, ask, where we ask our guest five questions, if they could answer each one in under a minute, they win nothing but bragging rights. And bragging rights are awesome, right, Katie? Woo, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, first question. During the Libertarian Party National Convention, Radical Caucus endorsee and unabashed anarchist, Daryl W. Perry, said you should be able to sell meth to five-year-olds. Agree or disagree? Explain. I disagree that you should be able to do that because five-year-olds don't have the ability to make that decision, and I think that's a little psycho. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Question number two. Remember that gorilla that was shot a few weeks ago? How could you forget? Was it the mother's fault that it died? Are we looking into it too much? Or should the kid be prosecuted? Answer. I think it's just an unfortunate situation. And sometimes little kids go exploring and they don't understand what they're doing. But I think that the zoo made the correct decision in shooting the gorilla because if the boy would have lived or would have died, but they would have just been really extra careful with the gorilla, everybody would have been in an up in arms about that. Don't prosecute the child. Question number three. If it was a white gorilla, do you think there would be more outrage? Definitely. <laughs> I feel triggered that you just asked me that question. Oh my god, please don't go to your safe space. We've got two more questions. <laughs> question number two, a gun to your head, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? I'd say Donald Trump. This, I have to say this, he hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? Why? 
I'd, say, I'd ask you why. Because I you think said Clintons are curious. awful. I think that it's really <laughs> like it's actually funny to watch somebody just like like poo pooing in the face of the Clintons. So I would have to say just for the mere fact that the Clintons suck, and I also don't like that Hillary uses my gender and wants to just be the first female president, which would be cool if she was qualified, but I don't think she's qualified. That doesn't mean I think Trump is either, but gun to my head, I would do Trump. Okay, Ooh, and the last... Oh, gosh, wow. <laughs> that got x-rated real fast. You didn't have to let us know that. <laughs> okay, final, final question. What flavor is a gay Nazi wedding cake? Duh, it's chocolate and strawberry. <laughs> Okay, you win. <laughs> Absolute bragging rights from the Remsen Republic lightning round. Yes. We are at the end of our show. Katie, how can our fans follow you? I'm on Twitter at Katie Moyer, K-A-Y-T-E-E-M-O-Y-E-R. Or you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Moyer Katie. Okay, perfect. Well, sh- folks... That's our show. Katie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me on, Remzo. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for choosing the Remzo Republic as your podcast of choice for today. And once again, another thank you to our special guest for calling into the show. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube and leave us a review. Let us know what you really thought of the show. And if you really like us, go ahead and subscribe. So every time there's a new episode, it goes straight to your device of choice. As always, I'm Remso W. Martinez. Welcome to the Remso Republic, where you're home. I'll talk to you soon.